turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. With Rob Black. Black. We have a nice who say Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online. Pretty easy pleasy. At Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find CFP Chad Burton online at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things we're going to talk about today, I think it's called 15 Steps, Chad. What exactly are your steps that you're talking about here? Well, um, and part of it is a lot of people that listen to you that are trying to get started to build a base. Yep. Um, I created this because I was having a lot of the same conversations. You know, here's the things that you need to do before you need, you know, somebody like me, a certified financial planner. Um, Because a lot of the stuff is you kind of need to do it on your own to learn enough so that when you're working with somebody, you know whether or not you're you're being given good advice, fiduciary-based advice, advice that's in your best interest. So it kind of forces you to learn, go through a couple of steps that you can do on your own. There's no reason to pay somebody to do these things. Now, I've come up with what I call 20 lessons that I can mail out to people. Mm-hmm. You've come up with 15 basic ideas. Is that right? Yes, and the next one's going to be 21, so it's better than yours. I'm with you on that one. So, And I'm going to make a tower taller than yours. <laughs> Four and a half minute abs. So... I'm going to have a three-story house to be your two-story house. Um, with that out there, <clears throat> I can't afford a three-story house, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> and it'll be made out of straw. A big bad wolf will come down, blow it all down. Store all your money in the third story. Are you a little surprised that we can sum up for the basic person under 50, 15 to 20 things that you need to focus in on? And you should be pretty well off. Like that's There's there's enough there that you should have an, uh, enough to start building a foundation. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, when I was doing the outline, I was is it going to be a 10 or a 15 or a 20? And I, you know, kind of wanted to keep it below 20 on this thing. So, but what I kind of got to the point on this is that what are the things that you do before you start to deal with the emotions of money or when people start making mistakes? That's when you actually need a human involved that you can turn to for advice. 
Anywhere on your fit list of 15, don't buy Blazer season tickets because they're going to choke and get knocked out of the playoffs every year. Are you referring to my shirt that I'm wearing right now? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. No, is, is there At any- least Golden State's my second favorite team. Fair enough. <laughs> so what I was actually getting at is that that's probably the biggest mistake I made in my 20s was I bought season tickets to the Washington Capitals. Yeah. And I look back on that, and I'm like, if I invested that. Um, early in my 20s, I blew up. I didn't have a I didn't stick to a budget. Yeah. So that's probably one of your 15, right? It's number one. I mean, it's it's knowing your expenses. And see, the thing is, is that stuff like that, even before I could probably afford it, I was doing a quarter season of Blazer tickets in the, in the Northwest. And, and it's countless memories with the kids. I mean, I rotate each kid taking them to the game, and they look forward to it since they were you know, really, really young. Yeah, I'm not knocking you on that. Because, again, you've figured out a family experience with it. Yeah. But I am saying the people in the East Bay, mm-hmm. now that the Raiders are moving to Vegas, they'll probably be better financially off. So let's take, you know, eight games of 40,000 people not blowing, you know, $2,000 a day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's those budget busters to me. It's, uh, the biggest budget busters are the things that people are doing right now is they listen to us. Drinking that coffee that they can't afford. The car payment that's bigger than their 401k. That's one thing I always talk about in this area. Um, soda, cigarettes. That, that's your retirement right there that you're shoving Bottled into your water. face. Yes, bottled water. That's one. Horrible at that, too, though. Yeah. So bottled water is probably the worst thing you can buy. Um, <clears throat> or pre-cut, veg- pre-cut fruit. Have you ever bought pre-cut fruit? Only on the way to parties when I was supposed to bring something and I forgot. Yeah. If you can't cut your own fruit, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Like, perhaps get a rope. No, no, no. I won't get that. I always question, how well was it really washed? So I'll, I'll buy the pre-cut food, fruit and... and Vegetables bring it to the party, but I I just kind of don't eat it. <laughs> I don't wow, don't trust it. You're a little on the paranoid side. I like it. I am. I'm, I'm quite a hand washer. So fifteen, yeah. number one's budget. Um, well, because yeah, you you got to know how much you say or spend because that says this is how much you need in emergency reserves. Okay. Um, so if you know how much you spend, then you can kind of get to the point. All right, this is what I need to cover my nest egg, my, my, not my nest egg, because I hate that term, but my, the ability to keep the lights on in my house and put the food on the table. And that allows you to calculate how much emergency reserves you need. So you need six months of that, or if you're in a job that changes a lot, like sales, sure. um, varying income, or you tend to swap jobs a lot, then it's 12 months. So you, you need to start tracking your spending. There's so many free tools out there. No, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the free tools and the apps now come with a lot of advertisements that seem your your cell phone seems to ring a lot more. It does, doesn't it? That. It's just horrible lately. Um, what do you do when your cell phone rings and it's a, a sales pitch? Well, usually you can tell right away and I hang up and then I go to block that number. And then a week later, I'll get the same person or company calling from a different number because they have this block of outgoing numbers that they use. So it's hard to block them, but I'm, I'm rude. Put me on your do not call list. Yeah. Scream at them. I do things like I've got cancer and I'm dying. <laughs> no, he's dead. <laughs> and I have it too. <laughs> I just turned it into some sort of entertainment for myself. <laughs> Which one day I will have cancer and I'm dying. And I'm be sorry, funny. Rob's not here. He got AIDS again. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Um. And they, well, it just makes them like, what, what did you just say again? Well, that's going to go out on the radio, <clears throat> and people are going to start sending me emails thinking that it's true, and <laughs> let's just say the love life won't be good. Um, 
So number one is budget and obviously emergency funds. Right. Um, you know, getting down does get a little more complex. Uh, I think one of the pe- one of the questions I get most is, like, I just got an email from someone just a second ago. Love your radio show. I'm a conservative buy and hold type, 41 years old. I have no healthcare stocks in my portfolio. I'm interested in adding one or two. Um, do you have any suggestions? I get a lot of the questions of, do you have any suggestions? And I typically go get the Russell 3000, the Wilshire 5000, start with a good index fund, get $100,000 saved, invested, and then, and then if you want to buy a stock, have fun with Apple or have fun with Facebook. But it's typically maybe 5 to 10% of your portfolio should be in individual stocks the first year that you buy individual stocks. Yeah, and I'd also suggest if you're a buy and holder, especially in the the healthcare area, which I think is going to change drastically in the next five to ten years with science, technology, and healthcare all coming together. Um, stuff that I'm hearing about clients working on that's hitting the market, that there's a lot of NDAs, you know, that, that are out there. Um, it's going to change drastically. So if you get a company that all their focus is on one disease, like just diabetes, yep. I would not say I'm going to buy that stock and be a buy and holder because yep. there's certain things coming out that might solve that problem. So you'd want to go, if you're going to be a buy and holder, you'd buy a diversified health company that has a lot of different products from medical devices to, you know, band-aids and make sure that they continually raise their dividend. And if they never, if they don't meet the dividend increase, sell them because something's wrong. Something's changing with their business model. So that person should probably actually go a, a fund or an ETF that will rebalance. Or something like you were kind of mentioned in Johnson Johnson where they're such a diversified medical care company that they kind of are a mutual fund. They're not. They're not. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to go, don't go Don't go for the bullet shot, for yeah. sure. A lot of those stocks are spendy, too, right now. Um, you know, I think Merck's got the drug for losing your hair. They've also got a drug for impotence. So they've got some diversity in their drug pipeline. You don't want to go for the company that's just the hair loss company. Right. Anyhow, and anyway, that's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. We always have events coming up, and you can always sign up for them by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Any event you sign up for, use the code RADIO25, RADIO25. It should get you in free of charge. If not, drop Chad an email at newfocusfinancial.com. Ain't no need for changing, no rearranging the life we have indoors. All these foolish ways, this hopeless Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Oh, Robert, I think you just killed my favorite song of all time. That's not nice. I tried my hardest to do an entertaining show. So, I'm talking about stocks that could be winner-take-all. One stock I want to talk about, 
again, is digitization, what it means to you and what it means to me. And again, if you take a look at a kid today under 10 years old, they're better off using an Apple interface, understanding how Google and YouTube work. Um, they're watching most of their content on laptops. The stuff that's on TV sucks. And sometimes it's tough to find or it's super expensive. You could, yes, you can get on a remote and go, look what I could do. I can like search for National Geographic and I can find 93 shows under the National Geographic name. Or you could just go to YouTube and say, show me wild lemurs eating monkeys. You're like, wow, that's there. Or show me ba uh, a baby hippo underwater. That's there too. And sometimes it's curated in a pretty awesome way, like the top clips of the week kind of thing. So digitization is moving towards the computer, towards the mobile phone, uh, even towards that television without the cord tied towards it. So Alphabet holds everything you want to create in any word. Uh, if you want to create any word, you could use the alphabet, right? Um, the alphabet can be used to create words you've never even heard of or thought of in different languages. Um, alphabet is the holding company. Inside of it, they have Google. Um, they've got a fiber business. They've got Nest. I have a Nest thermostat because uh, my thermostat was like 120 years old. And it just wasn't very efficient as a thermostat. They do smoke alarms. They There's an infrastructure, high-speed internet venture at Google. There's investment arms. There's things along those lines. So Google's one of those companies that I really like to talk about because um, I think they're doing things pretty darn well. And I think everyone knows that. Sometimes we, we're a little bit tough to agree on it, but I feel pretty comfortable saying, you know, if you want to buy Google on any sort of price drop, great, you're going to cut some risk. If you want to buy Google at an all-time high, you're going to have some short-term risk. But do you think Google right now, do you think anyone is, is getting ready to rip away their dominance? I don't. So again, in the world of the pretty sister and the ugly sister, the sister that has 32 teeth, the sister that's got 27 teeth, the sister that, you know, went to refining school, the sister that went to jail. Which one do you want? And I think that it's pretty obvious and clear to me. Um... So it comes down to you. So there's a big shift in advertising going to Facebook and to Google. Now, I'm not in love with Facebook, and I find it actually kind of not me. I post a little bit of business there, and I post on occasion something that special happens. But I find Facebook really only to be good to check up on how people from my previous life are doing. So there's a kind of a cyber-stalking thing going on. But, hey, there's commercials during it. If you happen to search for, you know, a trip to Hawaii <laughs> recently on Google and you're on Facebook and you're looking up X's, you, you might see, hey, an ad for Hawaii flights. So one of the companies I want to talk about, and I've named all the companies, but I want to go a little further and, and you know, again, kind of push this as far as we can push this until you no longer want me to talk about it. It's a company called Illumina. And again, not for everyone. And uh, I'm looking at for companies that can dominate what they do. And I'm trying to show you companies that dominate what they do. And, again, not for everyone, but I think if you use a list of companies that dominate, you get a pretty good start of what you're looking for. Um Let's see how I want to approach this, because I don't really want to 
confuse anyone or get anyone terribly upset. So Illumini, Illumina, I-L-M-N, um, is a company that a lot of people haven't heard of, even though it's done incredibly well. And they make tools for gene sequencing. Ten years ago, no one was doing gene sequencing. Well, some people were. There weren't a lot of trials on it, but there were some. So I'll be fair here. And to do gene sequencing, you need these big spectroscopes and you need all these fancy tools um, to get the job done. And because technology and digitization has kind of opened this area, I think it's it's created an interesting opportunity to start thinking about companies that are dominant. Uh, DNA sequencing plays a bigger role in the healthcare industry as it becomes faster and cheaper. Do you remember the Human Genome Project or something like that? If you've ever played Civilization, it's one of the things that you can unlock and like, whoa, I'm on to the next level. And the next thing you know, you're like chasing down aliens. So something along those lines. So a decade ago, there was a ongoing clinical trials that totaled about 30,000 in the United States. Today, it's 230,000. And gene sequencing allows researchers to use biomarkers to select patients for clinical trials. And recently, there was some amazing cancer research that came out that gene sequencing is helping. And it exponentially improves the probability of success. It also has led to an enormous increase in genomic knowledge. Illumina has been a top uh, idea in this industry. What they do well is they dominate their market. Stock's up 10 times over the last five and a half years. It could increase another 10 times over the next five to 10 years. Incredible opportunity as a leader in DNA mapping. The company has roughly 60% share of all gene sequencing equipment installed, yet roughly 90% of gene sequencing is performed using uh, Illumina's equipment. So they're pretty dominant at what they do. Are you with me? Are you against me? So let's move on because uh, Illumina is located out of San Diego. And what I would do if you have any sort of compuncture is go to the website, Illumina.com, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A.com, and order an annual report. See what the company does. Read it in their own words. They compete with a company like Life Technologies, Luminex, Afometrics, um, making tools by for the life sciences and drug researchers to isolate and analyze genes, DNA, RNA. Uh, its proprietary bead array technology uses microscopic glass beads, which can carry samples through the genotyping process. So when the human genome was mapped 20 years ago or whenever it was, it cost millions and millions of dollars, and it took massive amount of computing power. Now... A little swab of spit, send it off, get results in three days. I have one-tenth of one percent African-American in me. I know this because of gene sequencing, DNA issues. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, my brother. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm getting ready to go on a vacation, kind of an end of summer thing. And it's funny because one of the things I kind of try to tune up before I do, try to get in a little bit better shape, you know. I think nobody wants to see my puffy white belly. Try to get, like, the, you know, the finances in order to make sure that I have a budget that I don't super overexceed. But the credit card perks that I want to pack for my trip are also pretty important. Um, in my head, and I hope in your head, I have the Chase Sapphire Preferred Card, and it gives awesome, you know, double or triple points, depending on if you're using the expensive one that's 450 bucks, but they give you $300 of credit, travel credit a year. It's, so it's 150 and they're giving you triple points. And they also give you 20 to 30% off a car rental. And you're like, whoa, that's nice. Um, so you have to read the fine print, because sometimes you don't even notice it's there. Like, oh, I just thought I was getting triple points for restaurants and for travel. A lot of people just see what they want to see. Oh, I just thought I was getting 50,000, 100,000 sign-up bonus points. Um, but you also look for, like, the cash back, you know, perfect. Um, sometimes you can get, you know, maybe a Discover card that's, you know, better for a Disney trip than a Chase Sapphire card that's better for a Hawaii trip. So you have to kind of see what's out there and what sort of lifestyle you live. But cashback's a perk for sure. Zero liability protection is awesome. Um, so you can easily replace and stop any fraudulent charges. Uh, all major credit cards issues promise zero liability for fraudulent purchases. So I like credit cards. I do not like debit cards. I'm stunned when I see grown adults pull a debit card out of their wallet. The liability's heavy. Um, if someone you know gets that or swipes it or or steals the information, um, you could lose everything. Uh, credit cards sometimes some credit cards such as Visa Signature and American Express cards offer roadside assistance hotlines. So a few premium cards include the cost of that insurance um, and that insistence. Though in a lot of cases you'll pay out of pocket, but at least you'll know who to call for help, and usually you get like a good pre-negotiated rate. Also, like rental car insurance, if you've been road tripping in a rental car, using a credit card that comes with rental insurance can save you the cost of an additional policy. But not all rental insurance policies are equal, so try to read what it covers and doesn't cover. Um, like if you're on a dirt road in Hawaii, your credit card may not cover that. And you're like, let's go to the dunes. Um, so that's an area where I'm saying like some of these perks can save you money. Now, I'm trying to talk stocks here, and you're saying, get back to stocks, Rob. I don't need, don't, need, don't need the credit card information, but I think you do. Okay, now, I could talk cheese, and believe it or not, the U.S. is awash in cheese. We've got plenty of cheese. But a lot of brokers are seeing a case for solidifying cheese prices. Prices for block cheddar cheese, I can't be making this up, have jumped about 12% recently, closing at about $1.71 a pound. Now... Year over year, that's up about 3%. How do, you, how do you buy cheese? How do you invest in cheese? It's kind of a commodity. And commodities are something that I don't think most people should invest in. And this is where I'm talking stocks. I, I think it's more difficult than you think. Sometimes it's a lot more costly than you think. Um, and that worries me a lot, that a lot of people try to like go, I think oil's going higher. Uh, you can buy a commodities fund if you want. And you're betting on inflation. You're betting on people making babies 
and babies eating more and then babies growing up to teenagers, teenagers going to school and consuming a lot of clothes and food and then going to college and getting a job. So you're kind of betting on economic activity um, with commodities. Now, it doesn't always work like that. Like coffee's kind of funny. You know, the coffee bean, uh, a wet summer in Brazil can cause mold. And like suddenly, you know, the old phrase about, you know, uh, butterfly wings beat in China or Japan causes tsunami somewhere around the world or something like that. I don't know quite the phrase, but that's the problem with commodities is a lot of time you're betting on um, with commodities. A lot of times you're betting on things that are out of control, but there's optimistic outlook right now, even though there's tons of production and tons of stockpiles, cheddar cheese stocks have surged 11%. Um, and you're going cheddar cheese stocks. Well, one of them, you know, a stock of a producer such as a Dean Foods is a way to play the trendy dairy market. You know, cheddar can be stored for several years, so a lot of farmers have allocated more of their milk to making cheddar cheese. If you can buy a milk at a discount, you're going to, you know, go ahead and, you know, make cheddar, and you can flood the market. Um, pig bellies, and you've seen the price of bacon soar in the last couple of years because people are like, I want a bacon potato. And you're like, what's that? It's a potato wrapped in bacon. I want a bacon filet. What's that? Well, it's a filet wrapped in bacon. I want a bacon milkshake. I want bacon perfume. There's bacon perfume out there. Um, I don't even want to think about what occasion marks a moment where you want to put bacon perfume on. But, you know, back to cheddar. A relatively low price for U.S. cheddar has attracted overseas buyers. U.S. cheese exports uh, hit an all-time high recently, surging 48% from previous years. Exports to Mexico set a, a recent high. So cheese prices could get a near-term boost right now if hot weather, which stresses dairy cows, uh, and it dents milk production during the summer, continues. It, it's the heat wave. So if you're trying to play the high cost, not the high cost, but if you're trying to play the globalization uh, problems that have led to global warming, and if you believe it or not, I'm going to let you figure that out, but we've had a hot summer, and hot summers equal stressed cows, and I know you're, you're driving by, and you're like, that cow, I wish I could be that cow, all he has to do is sit around all day and eat some grass, but then you look at the grass, and it's all brown, and you look at, you know, the shade, and isn't it great how, like, if you ever drive by a big field, and there's, like, three trees, and it's a field of cows, and 40 cows are sitting under the three trees, <laughs> like, they know where the shade is. Now, what's interesting about this is hot weather stresses dairy cows. And, like, this is where investing gets kind of fun. Now, I could talk about, you know, who's going to get Giancarlo Stanton and who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year. I don't care about that stuff. I want to I learn more about heat-stressing cows, making less milk, making less cheddar. Wow. You know, cheese prices, you know, in hot weather. And it's something that you're probably not going to be thinking about. Now, the USDA is maintaining a cautious outlook on cheese prices, citing high stockpiles and some signs of softness in U.S. demand. Uh, a friend of mine, he's a little overweight, not heavily, but a little overweight. And I watched him eat one night, and he pulls out some crackers and some cheddar cheese, and I'm like, dude, you can't do that after you know 6 p.m., and here it is, like 10 p.m., and he's about to get ready to go to bed, and he's just cutting the cheese and slicing it and piling it high. Um, so there's some softness in U.S. demand as most Americans, now not him, but most Americans are starting to realize, like, cheese is going to put some pounds on me. Cheese is going to clog my heart. 
Um, but at these prices, the average U.S. farmer is barely able to break even. So you may see, and if the heat wave continues, you may see a situation where supply starts to get drawn down. Now, you have to really almost work in the commodities industry to see cheddar cheese supplies. And that's why I think most people shouldn't be buying commodities, because you have to pay attention to the, the oil stock reports. Now, those are easy enough to follow on CNBC and Bloomberg, because they go out of their way. But when was the last time you heard a report about cheddar cheese supplies? Probably right now, and before that, it's been a long time, if you ever even noticed it, because it's not something they're going to cover on, on big media. So depressed prices lead a lot of farmers to shut down or pair production. It's interesting when there's something like uh, mad cow disease and farmers have to slaughter their, their cows, what happens to the price of meat? Initially, it drops because there's suddenly a lot of dead cows on the market, more than usual. But the following years, when these cows and these, you know, um, bulls were mating and having babies, well, they've all been slaughtered. Not all, but they've been slaughtered to the point that farmers have thinner, you know, volumes. And that's when prices started going higher. So sometimes it's like mad cow is going to drive meat prices higher. Mad cow drives meat prices lower. Same thing with the bird flow. So um, just something to think about. And again, if it were a prolonged, disastrous scenario like that, I, I it would be bad. And we kind of all can agree on that. So 800-516-1220. You can always email me, rob at robblackshow.com. Chad Burton from New Focus Financial does a show on Tuesdays and Thursdays called New Focus on Wealth here on AM 1220 KDOW. Um, and you can get a podcast of that at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Some recent proposals by the Treasury Department are worth bringing up. Uh, and again, isn't it weird how you can become a better stock investor by learning more about politics? I was watching broadcast news the other day, and someone says, can you name all the cabinet members? And I dated a girl who once was like, I can name all the cabinet members. I'm like, she stole that from broadcast news. Um, but knowing who runs the Treasury Department might help your investment bank account. The regulatory burden on banks and support that they get uh, with greater lending, it can lead to some changes that benefit the nation's leading bank. So regulation and deregulation. We have a president right now who, in theory, is a deregulator. And that may be all his, his agenda gets done for a while. Uh, the health care agenda seems to be stalled. Uh, the tax agenda was supposed to come after the health care agenda because the health care agenda was going to create some tax cuts to help pay for the tax cuts. Um, I know, right? It's, it's kind of complicated. But I'll talk a little bit more about regulations and who some of the winners are going to be and how much in percentile their profits may be able to jump. Stick around. More show to follow. I'm Rob Black. I'm a new man. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. money investing and more you want to talk about we could talk about i'm trying to do my best uh bringing you what i would refer to some stock talk many 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 years ago i did a radio show called stock talk and trying to get back into the uh, feel of it takes a little bit of work and the reason being was Stock Talk happened at a time where you could pick any company that had a dot com at the end of it, and you probably did pretty well. So you learn through trial and error. You learn through patience. You learn through good markets and bad markets. Uh, but you can't just pick any dot com stock and do great. There's one company I want to talk briefly about because I think it. It kind of leads itself to that. Um, crime doesn't pay in the real world, but in the world of video games, it does. And the company that made a company called Grand Theft, the company that made a game called Grand Theft Auto, is a company called Take Two Interactive. Um, they bought a subsidiary called Rockstar Games. It's got a 2K. Uh, it's called 2K Games, which does games like uh, Bioshock, Borderlands, Sid Meier's Civilization. In college, I spent many nights playing Sid Meier's Civilization. Pretty addictive how one hour could become seven in the middle of the night. Take two games are played on Microsoft, Xbox, Sony Playstations, Nintendo game consoles. They're also on PCs and handheld devices. Uh, not as good on a handheld device. And that was one of the things that upset uh, companies like Electronic Arts and Activision and take two was that when people start playing games on their phones casual <clears throat> casual excuse me casual gaming per se a lot of people thought like oh that's the death of those guys now one of the companies that you have to pay attention to if you're going to pay attention to uh, take two electronics or Activision is GameStop because that's about where 20% of the video game sales come from Walmart Best Buy and Amazon also there's some digital downloads through Steam that have obviously taken business away. So I think that sums up Take Two pretty briefly there. Um, the company has surged enormously, and I remember at one point in time, at one point in time, that Take Two Interactive caught the eye of, I want to say Hillary Clinton, but that may not be right. Maybe it was Al Gore's wife. Because in one of the games, Grand Theft Auto, you you know how you like go around and shoot things. <coughs> Excuse me. In Grand Theft Auto, you went around and shot cops, right? Uh oh. Other bad guys as well. But if the cops trying to catch you because you're a bad guy, you tried to ditch them any way you could. 
So it kind of caught the attention of a lot of people. And one of the reasons why, on the political side of the fence, was it was Hillary Clinton. I'm pretty sure of this. It uh, it had a hack in it that basically you can go out and get your health back by having sex with prostitutes. And people did not like that. And the stock was, um, at that point in time, it was $12 and it dips all the way to like $4. And I'm like, that's awesome. I should buy that. Because that's the kind of notoriety that kids love. They want to be a bad guy. They want to piss off mom and dad. They want, maybe I'm, you know, (laughs) maybe I'm remembering too fondly what it's like to be a teenager. The stock has since gone from $4 a share all the way to $86 a share. And I was reading the other night that there, it it looks like we've seen some sightings on the internet that there's going to be another Grand Theft Auto game. And the last one that came out was so realistic. I felt like you could learn parts of L.A. by playing it. It was that kind of realistic. Um, In reality, was it? I don't know. Uh, But I'm going to say maybe yes. So the stock take two has surged, and they make video games. And it's one of those things that you can get your kids invested in. Electronic Arts or Activision or Take-Two, or if you want to go after the video game cards like NVIDIA. NVIDIA is also being put into enterprise storage. It's also being put into uh, servers. It's also being put into cars. Because, oddly enough, when you drive around the streets of L.A. and you shoot cops, there's a lot of artificial intelligence that goes into that, like how, you know your speeds and your turn on your corners and staying in the road, penalizing people for going off the road, penalizing people for hitting other vehicles. You take a look at the company and you see a market cap that's $9 billion, and then you compare it to Electronic Arts, you compare it to Activision. Then you should compare the price-to-sales ratio of all of them. Then you should uh, compare margins. Then you should compare the catalog of games that are going to come out because that's going to be important. Take-Two has been taking a growing share of total revenue through online channels. Digitally delivered revenue jumped 56% year over year. Um, they got consumer spending on virtual currency, downloadable add-on content, microtransactions spiked 72% year over year. Um, Grand Theft Auto V and Grand Theft Auto Online remain uh, one of the biggest contributors to their revenue nearly four years after they were launched. Uh, they got NBA 2K17, they got WWE 2K17, they got WWE Supercar, they got Mafia 3 coming out. So they've done well. Uh, they're also going to come out with a Red Dead Redemption sometime in 2018. Something to pay attention to. I'm Rob Black, Talking Stocks. Talking Stocks. 